Actually, oh, you're really loud. I'm moving towards. I am really loud. <laughs> you spoke, and the first thing there's a little light on here. It tells you when it clips, and it was like it was red. <laughs> okay, well then let's start for realsies. That was bad. That was bad. <sighs> Hello, and welcome to a cult classic, the podcast. My name is Stone Mountain. I'm joined today, as always, with my bestie. <laughs> Tyler J. Martin. Hey guys, what's up? Um, supernatural expert and... <laughs> I can't think of anything. You're oh, supernatural no. Why don't we just jump right in with our EVT? Um, so, our... F- <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember our first episode, what was happening in EBT? Because it's happening again. Mercury is once again in retrograde. Too often. Until the end of February. No. So, and it's so funny because I was I was starting off my week this week and I, it was already like kind of screwed up and I was like, let me make that Google search. I know it's in, uh, sure enough, Mercury's in retrograde. So it's been a, it's been a crazy week. I mean... It started off with like me like scream crying in the car in the Kane's parking lot with Stone. <laughs> me working like four hours worth of overtime at work while being a full-time college student, which I can do anything, try me, bitch. Um, but it's been an okay week. It's been it's been pretty crazy. I'm starting to feel the semester, but here we are. We're doing a podcast. How are We're you feeling, it. Stone? Okay, hot take. But I'm actually doing kind of good, which is insane to me because I'm never doing good. But like, I've been working out a little bit more. I've been going on my fitness journey. I'm writing, uh, I'm being forced to write a screenplay in a class and I'm like kind of enjoying it. You know what? That's how you do your best work when you're forced to write (laughs) things and forced to complete them. That is 100% true. My dad's going to hear that on this episode and be like, true, true Tyler, true. Uh And you're right. And they're both right. (laughs) But yeah, I'm, I'm, I definitely am like feeling the, just like, it's also just like the, the like February of it all. I always feel like February is just such a, like, it's, it's dark, it's cold, it's short, everything's going crazy fast and you can't remember anything and now Mercury's in retrograde, but like, I feel like I'm like on the train. I'm going. Yep. I'm running. And you I'm can't sprinting. get off. I can't get off. This is the, this is the Polar Express. You ain't getting off till, till we get there. <laughs> till we get to the Arctic. And if Ooh. you do, you're going to get buried in some snow, so. <laughs> but right now, I think Ooh. I'm... I, I know I'm saying this, and then, like, by the time this episode is out, I'm, like, calling you being, like, it's all falling apart. It's all falling <laughs> apart. Like, I did, I was doing good for one day. But as of right now, I'm doing good. Wow. Crazy. Well, you know what? How on brand of you to do well when Mercury's in, retro- in retrograde? How I thrive in the chaos of a Mercury retrograde. And that's the T. That is the EVT. That was, that was a nice, short, and quick one. I love that. Okay, well, then we're going to move on to our next segment. We're moving some stuff around. This podcast is a work in progress. It's ever evolving. So we're gonna move right on to uh, our scream time. Uh, And our scream time for this week is called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. It's on Netflix. It is, um, I would call it like a psychological sci-fi supernatural thriller. It's very, confusing oh great <laughs> and i don't think that you would like it but it i mean the acting and it, it's it's uh let me find it it's tony collette 
Jess, I'm going to butcher these names besides Tony Collette because that's the only one I really knew. Jess Pilmons. Plemons? Plemons. <laughs> Jesse Buckley. This is also, sorry. I'm just so sorry, a, Mr. or Mrs. Plemons, whoever it is. I stay not knowing how to pronounce people's names on this podcast, and I think that's part of the charm. Um, but literally every single performance in it, it's like a five-person cast. They're all insane. Um, and it was like very emotional and scary, and it basically is dealing with uh, like non-linear, like quantum physics parallel parallel universes where this couple is going to go visit uh, the man's parents and the female the I think she's literally just called woman or young woman uh, is yeah her name's young woman because she's referred by like five names in the show because it's all about parallel universes is thinking about breaking up with the man and she can't get to the end of the night like they keep on it feels like they've been at the house for like years and she watches the parents like age and de-age and there's like the mother on Tony Collette like on a deathbed Tony Collette dies then Tony Collette is in like a 1960s dress and is like a very young mom it was like an entire mind F pardon my French but it was really really good and it ended with a I don't really want to spoil it but it ended with a musical number that I did not expect, and that was way out of left field. Well, you know, I might just have to skip to the end. You might just have to watch the last, I'll I'll force you to watch the last 12 minutes, because it was, I mean, it was really, really good, and it got amazing reviews, and it was just the right amount of scary, sad, and, like, very engaging. Like, it wasn't a jump scare movie at all. It was just, like, made your head hurt by the possibilities. But with with balance. But with balance. You weren't, like, it wasn't, like, What's a movie that makes your head hurt too much? Most of them for me. <laughs> time. <laughs> I think that's a great way to end screen time. Well, if you haven't seen it, it is on Netflix. Um, and I thought it was really, really good. I'm thinking of ending things. And this is Scream Time with Stone. Bam! Bam! So I think it's time. We're, we're working our way to our very last icebreaker before our stories. There can be miracles. Do you believe? This week's Do You Believe is number three, and it's Yetis. That's... uh... (laughs) I... Maybe we should share on social media or see, maybe like on Patreon or something, if people want to add to the list. Because the list right now is just... Y'all, when we get to Yetis on the list, you gotta help. It's so silly. You gotta help. There's so much silly stuff in here. There's so much normal stuff and so much tomfoolery. I have have opinions about this one, though. Do you believe in Yetis, Tyler? No, I think it's bullshit. (laughs) I think it is complete and utter bullshit. I think it's some... People who live out in the middle of nowhere who are not 10 minutes from a target, I would never do that to myself. Because I would go insane because all I do is sit in my room and or, and or go to Target. Right, of course. So of course, they've already course. set themselves up to have, like, some kind of hallucination or, like, see some, like, <laughs> raccoon tracks in their backyard and be like, this is a giant, like, mountain monster out to get The me. altitude, the air is thin. The altitude, literally, you're breathing <laughs> the altitude. They're probably only drinking because that's, what else do you do in a mountain where there's no right, Target? Right, So, no, I don't believe in Yetis. I think it's bullshit and... <laughs> I just simply... I don't believe. There you have it. 
that was okay that was the most distilled you will ever see that was concise you felt strongly and you got to the point i just think it's bullshit i hear you i just think it's bullshit but what's your opinion what do you think do i yeah do you believe okay here (laughs) here's what i will say go on i think that of all of the like hairy like creatures that walk the land yetis are the most likely that could exist oh my god and i say this because if like bigfoot exists we've like mapped everything like bigfoot can't just be like hanging out in a forest google maps would have like found him but (laughs) google maps is the ultimate snake but Uh. i think i think Something like a yeti. <laughs> I'm like not even believing myself as I say this. I think something like a yeti could like live up in like the like freaking Tibet Tibetan mountains, like near Everest, and like I don't know, maybe get picked up on a on a satellite. I think I used to believe in something like a yeti, but I think. Actually, no, I'm revising my answer. I think I don't believe because I think Google satellites would have found it. No, no, no. It. Okay, <laughs> we just have to go back. Live action, gotta, you, saw me, you saw me change my answer. And then, okay, you know what? The, that's, I, you know what? It's my fault for not expecting That's that. growth. That's, that's on me. That's, that's on growth. Me. That's on but me. yes, I think if Yetis existed, um, it wouldn't just be tales from drunken mountaineers and people who like live in log cabins. But... But Google Maps, Google would have Google and Facebook would yet the Yetis would have joined Facebook. You know what? If there's if, a, they if, were, if you know what if there's a Yeti out there that has like some iPhone that's being tracked by Google Maps, like turn on find my iPhone, like give right. us a call, like ring you know, our line because we don't think that you're real. I know in the high bling. <laughs> and that is a very silly and concise episode of Do You Believe. What a fun one. Wow. We definitely need to release our list so that people can add just like truly obscene things to it. Because I want like... We can talk We can talk about anything. We can talk about life. anything. Okay. Wow. You're just zooming through that. I like this pace though. I like the energy. Yeah. We're, we're gonna... Oh, I just burnt a little bit. Okay. So it's my story first this week, correct? Yes, ma'am. Well, I was sitting in my home mm-hmm. and I was thinking, what is... What is a cult? What does it mean? What is it all about? Mm-hmm. And when you distill it down, when you really break it down Not to, its, to its root... You sound like a director. You got, cult, <laughs> you got cult in there. So I'm here to talk... I'm smiling because this one is so sad and so messed up. But I'm here to talk to you today about Jonestown and Jim Jones. Debatably the most famous and one of the deadliest, if not the <clears throat> deadliest cult... Of all time. Mm. So let's dive right in because last week my segment took a billion years and we're not doing that. I'm gonna be concise, I'm gonna be entertaining, it's gonna be great. So you're great. Thank you. Jim Jones <laughs> was born May 13th, 1931, in rural. Oh, I did it again. I don't know how to say this. Crest? Creased? Crest? Girl, don't your word. Don't your vocabulary. C R E T E. Crest? Creased? Crashed? C-R-E-T-E. Mm. I don't know. Indiana, um, to a World War One veteran. They're Irish and Welsh. Um, and from the get, Jim Jones is a voracious reader. He's reading, he studied Joseph Stalin, Karl Marx, Mao Zedong, Gandhi, 
But also Adolf Hitler was thrown in there, which is like kind mm. of out of left field. What a hot take. Um, <laughs> and he developed this really intense interest in religion from a very early age. So he pretty quickly becomes, uh, starts working his way up the uh, Methodist church and eventually becomes a reverend. Um, and it was sort of surprising that he was able to do this because um, the sort of higher ups who were helping him climb his way up sort of the church hierarchy knew that he was um, a member of the Communist Party, or Communist Party USA, um, and was a really, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A very passionate uh, racial integrationist. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like really, at least in my opinion, a lot of like really good stuff, like he wants like racial equality. He wants uh, economic equality. He seems like a really sort of stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. And then things start getting sort of weird. Uh-huh. He starts traveling to South America a lot. He moves to California and starts uh, founding his own church. Um, and eventually, he found he uh, he founded he founded. Um, I believe it's called just the People's Church. Um, and again, he's like in California with all of these really liberal people. And like most people are vibing. He gets to like meet with like assemblymen and congressmen. And he helps a mayoral campaign. And his congregation is really diverse. And it like all seems really, really awesome. And then... Uh, a lot of California media sources are like, what's going on at your church? And he's like, oh, it's like a socialist paradise. It's a sanctuary. Like, I don't want you guys prying. And they're like, mm, no, it seems kind of culty. Like, you're not like letting people out. Like, you're having these weird like rituals and, and tasks that people need to do. Um, so they start coming up with a sort of exit plan. They... <laughs> This is where it gets real weird. He seems very normal until this part. They uh, take a trip down to uh, Guyana. And they start negotiating with the government there to buy, I believe it's 3,000 acres worth of land. Let me make sure I got that right. It is... Even if you didn't, that's a lot of land. It's so much. That's a lot of land. (laughs) It's a lot of land. Um... For his, like, church to have this socialist paradise to be built here. And he's he does it in a really clever way. He goes to the uh, Guianan government and he's like, Hey, I'm going to be bringing all of these Americans, American citizens, to live here. If we build this, in like, between uh, the Guiana territory and contested territory, I believe it's contested with, uh, I believe it was Venezuela? Could be wrong. But if we put it on this border, if we cut, carve out this giant piece of land, no one's going to attack because they'll be attacking <coughs> Americans. Bless you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> they'll be attacking Americans and then the U.S. government is going to get involved. And they don't want that. They don't, right. want, they don't want that smoke. So we can be like a, a little barrier for you. And all these Americans are going to be like super smart and they're going to be like add value. So why don't you just like quick... Quick uh, list them, put move them to the top of the list of uh, like immigration, and so he starts building this massive, what he believes to be like a a, a paradise, 
um, and is using his members, 500 of his members, to begin construction on Jonestown. Um, oh, and a uh, correction. It is the People's Temple is what the, the um, well, the cult. But what the, the church, what the religion is called that ends up being the cult that he's in charge of, the People's Temple. So he brings 500 of his members down already and he's like, we're going to carve out this enormous piece of jungle and, yeah, over 3,000 acres and turn it into, like, a paradise. So 500 already come down and while they're building this paradise, he's like, more, more of you, please come. And then finally, once the California state government and California media outlets are like, no, you're doing messed up stuff, what are you up to? What are you doing? Why can't people leave? Why, like, this is a cult. We want to investigate. There's a mass migration of all of his followers from California to Jonestown, Guyana. <gasps> so they all just start living. Like, like I believe it's close to a thousand people. Jonestown's population was slightly under 900 at its peak. So like 900 people leaving their homes in California under this extremely like charismatic seemingly like holy in the sense of wants to do good for others leader and follow him to Guyana. When does Just he like start killing on him? On a whim. <laughs> when does he start killing him? I wanna know. <laughs> I mean you you do know the way that my stories usually end. I so do. I you, know you quite well. You are right. It's one of my many talents. Uh, <laughs> so. And crochet. I also crochet. <laughs> <laughs> so um Things seem to be going kind of okay. Then this guy, Leo Ryan, who's California's 11th, 11th Congressional District Congressman, is like, I'm going to go visit Jonestown. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring an NBC uh, news crew and like the San Francisco Examiner, Washington Post, San Francisco Chronicle. I'm going to bring all of these cameramen and news sources and we're gonna go down to Guyana and get to the bottom of whatever this guy is doing. So they all go to visit. And while they're visiting, they get slipped a note from some of the people who are on the on the on the uh, at the temple, at this, mm -hmm. you know, at Jonestown. And it's like, we don't wanna be here, like, get us out, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so Congressman Ryan is like, oh, this is not good. Let's like grab as many of these people as we can. And let's head to the port. I'm terrible at names. You know this. Kai Tuma. Port Katuma. Airstrips. And like get a couple of them out. And then we're going to come back like with reinforcements. We're going to figure this out. Because there are people here that are like trapped. 300 of the people in Jonestown. Children. Parents that sense. That either brought their kids or freaking sense their kids to this place because they trusted Jim Jones so much, which I cannot fathom or imagine. Um, Stop but sending your kids places. I just I like 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 five year olds, like kids, 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 and it gets really sad. I, oh god! So this is when things really start going down. All right. So they make it to the airstrip, and uh -huh. they're like, "Great, we're gonna get away. We got our whole film crew. We got some filming of this. We got. I'm trying to remember how many of the actual temple members they got. It was like." It wasn't even that many. It was literally like seven. Or like, it was like 11. 11 were injured. 19 passengers, it's a 19 passenger plane. So it couldn't be much more, much more than their crew and a couple members of the temple. Right. They get to the airstrip. They're about to take off. 
Jonestown armed guards show up and start shooting at the planes. <gasps> Jim Jones had negotiated duty-free imports with the Guyana government, and some of those duty-free imports were not, oh, whiskey or, like, chocolate. They were guns. They were semi-automatic guns. And they start shooting at, the, like, a congressman, NBC news station, and five of them die. Oh my god. In the shooting. And one of the members who they think is one of the people trying to escape, one of the temple members trying to escape, pulls a gun and starts shooting at the people that were helping them escape. Like they were like an undercover agent and starts shooting at everyone. So five people die, 11 are injured, um, and they like try to get away. Once this happens, kind of all hell breaks loose. Jim Jones and his like inner circle are like, oh my gosh, the U.S. government's gonna come down here, and and he, they're not just saying this to one another. Jim Jones is holding court, like he's giving a sermon essentially, which he has been doing. He does all the time with these people, and he's done like test runs of what's about to happen called White Nights, where drinks or like almost like communion is handed out to every single member. And those members don't know whether or not it's poisoned or not. It's like a test to prove their faith. So he starts doing, setting up the same thing. Is it my be soul a, just left my it body. It is madness. It is like, it is, it is insane. So he starts preaching to his people and is like, the U.S. government is going to come down here. They're going to kill us. They're going to torture our children. They're going to torture the seniors because they like won't allow this you know, our paradise to live. So instead of us going through that, also one of the specific things, which I, I do, it's not funny because fascism is terrible, but Jones said to his, his, uh, uh, you know, congregation that they were afraid that if the children were captured, that they would be converted to fascism. And that was convincing enough in, in some of these parents' head to agreed to poison their children because they were like well i can't let my child like become a fascist from the u.s government coming in here and dragging them away so i'm going to poison them which how, is like oh, how how contemporary <laughs> how that's how the word contemporary so he's giving this sermon there's actually a recording i uh do not recommend it it is deeply uh it is haunting because it's called People's Temple Death Tape. And it's uh, a segment of someone recording his sermon right before they hand out the juice. Um, so, 900 people in this congregation, roughly 900 people. Um, all of them are handed out grape flavored Kool Aid. So, this is also Dark Twist. You know when someone's like, you're not drinking the Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid or like, yep. or like, don't drink the Kool-Aid, uh-huh. like, that means <laughs> Kool-Aid, you know what? Kool-Aid laced with... <laughs> First of all, if you drink grape Kool-Aid, you're already making a you're mistake. Already, you're, you're already, already making a mistake. mistake, you nasty, grimy... But it was uh, grape flavor aid poisoned with Valium, uh, Valium? chloral hydrate cyanide and... Fenergan? 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 Oh my god. It was like a like 
jungle juice of poison. It was like a party, like, and just these giant metal tubs, just a whole bunch of grape Kool-Aid, and then, like, five different poisons. And then they were like, everyone take a cup, pass it down. And he, Jim Jones, told the parents to give the Kool-Aid to their kids first and then take it themselves and then have all the families lie down in groups. Like, as they died. And also, this is like, it gets real sad and just not fun at all. But so there's 900 people there. A whole bunch of them are are drinking this Kool-Aid and dying. Mm -hmm. But uh, during the autopsies, I mean, it's hundreds of autopsies, there are people who have bullet wounds and there are people who have poisonings. And so it seems like the guards and the inner Jim Jones's inner circle were the last people to take uh, the poison. And they were waiting to see if anyone would try to defect and run away. And they would shoot them down. Which is like, woof. So basically all of them die. Um... And the, this part's really sad. Um, <laughs> it's not funny. It's just really sad. So according to an escaped temple member, so some people did get away, just very, very, very few. The first to take the poison um, was a woman named Roletta Paul and her one-year-old infant. Um, and a syringe without a needle fitted was used to squirt poison into the infant's mouth. It just is like, it's just not fun. Um, and, and in response to reacting to the effects taking place. So this is also the craziest part. Sorry. One last thing. Cause th- this is, this is, th- this is the climax of the story, but they're watching this process took several, like, like 30 minutes. So they're watching people at the front of the line. They're not all doing it at once. Like, they're watching people at the front of the line drink the Kool-Aid and begin the processes of dying. And Jim Jones says, while watching the poison take effect on other people, die with a degree of dignity, lay down your life with dignity, don't lay down with tears and agony. And he also said, I tell you, I don't care how many screams you hear, I don't care how many anguished cries, death is a million times preferred to ten more days of this life. If you knew what was ahead of you, if you knew what was a, what, what, if you knew what was ahead of you, you'd be glad to be stepping over tonight. Ugh. Where do you find this shit? I am <laughs> a messed up person who likes to suffer shit. on the internet. Um, wow. There were survivors. Um, Tim Carter and his brother, uh, Mike Prox. I think I'm saying that right. Um, but, uh, around 900 people, uh, died that day and it was the single greatest loss of American civilian life in a deliberate act until 9-11. Um, and it's, I believe it's one of the largest or is the largest that was not an act of war that was, that happened to American life, uh, on foreign soil. So war has killed more people because this is an Kiana, it was the largest loss of civilian life and not related to war. Um, yeah, I 
don't have a whole lot more. I don't. I'm laughing because I don't know where to end this. You're one. just like you're like mic drop. I, I mean a little bit. Like that Boom. is technically the end of the story. Just that um, they all sort of followed this extremely charismatic, seemingly holy and reverential man, uh, and he wow. got them into a environment in which they couldn't say no, and then. When he got scared, he... Oh, sorry. Here's what we can end this on. He didn't even drink the Kool-Aid. He shot himself in the head. He was so freaked out by the the effects because he was watching these people like foam at the mouth, like die to the, to the effects of Kool-Aid cyanide poisoning that he either ordered one of his guards or he himself, it's sort of debated which way, just shot himself in the head and was one of the last people to die. This is also, I share this story, don't drink the Kool-Aid. I share this story also because like, it's messed up either way, but like, when I read about H.H. Holmes' stuff from last episode, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, so engaged for some reason because my brain is messed up. But this one, I think it's also just knowing that like, 300 of the members were kids and 300 kids died that day. Not that, no one deserves to die, but like. 900 people and 300 of them being kids and one of the first people to die being a one-year-old infant i'm just like no i'm sorry podcast if there are but fuck you jim jones like you're a monster and you deserve worse than being shot in the head he just tricked all these people and they were like good people i'm like speechless like i know i honestly don't know what i'm i guess maybe i'm glad we started with this one because then we can move on to your topic and hopefully end on a lighter note (laughs) Just because this one is I just... I mean, not by much, but like... Just <laughs> sad and messed up. That's crazy. Yeah. That's absolutely insane. And he really does deserve the pits of hell. I, I mean, I bet he's there. He should be. He better be. Maybe he knows Timmy. Um, well, what do, you, what do you have for me? I'm so sorry. Don't apologize. I mean, hey, here we are. Um, today, um, so I wanted to do something that I kind of had at least personal experience with in regards to like paranormal stuff um so if you've ever been like sitting in your house like watching tv at like 11 o'clock midnight and you're just sitting there and like you have like some weird hallway next to you and it's dark you see some shit out of the corner of your eye you look and then it's gone you know those like does not just send you it just like sends you over the edge you literally just you went there with me tyler Um, i was counting on you to Give us something light. I'm really not pulling you out of it. I'm putting you right back into a state of paranoia. Um, so today we're gonna we're gonna delve into one of the most interesting paranormal topics to me, which is the phenomenon of shadow people. Um, I've experienced this before. I don't recommend it. It's not fun. Um, but there's there's a there's a lot we're gonna talk about today. So let's let's delve into some of the. Some of the tea I found out on these uh, creatures. Um, So the strange thing is that shadow people, there are documentations as early as like ancient hieroglyphics. So I was like doing my research Mm. and you can literally see the like depiction of encounters Mm. with shadow entities in hieroglyphics. Um, The Quran actually describes um, shadow people by saying... They were pitch black, sapient beings that appear boundless to the spiritual or physical world. Which, that's another really interesting thing, is that um, 
this paranormal topic, we don't really know what the meaning is. We don't know why they're there. We don't know why they appear or what's going on. We just know that they're there. And this is like this global overarching theme of right. paranormal encounters. Um, the ancient Europeans went as far as to say that shadow beings desire blood and without it couldn't be reborn. But the, the intention is kind of up for debate. I just wanted to include that little piece mm. of information. Um, and the reports and the testimonies continue to roll in today. Um, including my own um, and if if my mother is listening right now I blame you mother because you were a paranormal <laughs> magnet and I don't want it I don't want to experience that but um, yeah who's what's going on <laughs> I'm just stressed because I definitely there are things that we disagree on, and there are things where I'm like, oh, I'm willing to talk about it, but like, I don't really believe. Well, just I wait. have encountered, and I'm, and I'm not excited to talk about this. Yeah, just wait. Um, okay, so, like I said, this isn't, uh, again, kind of like my topic last week, it's, it's something that isn't really bound in like, well, I guess this one has a little bit to do with science. We'll, we'll right. just get into it. I'm just going to keep going on my little, my little tangent here for a little bit. Um... Like I said, the entities don't really have a pin purpose, but here, here is what we know. So, like I said, you're sitting at home, you see something out of your peripheral vision, and you are drawn to look, and then it's gone, and you think you saw like a shadow of a person. Right. That's going to be important right. for later. Um, but um, most of the accounts describe seeing them, again, through peripheral vision. There's minimal detail. They're human-like figures. Um Occasionally, there are reports of seeing shadow people with like glowing red fiery eyes. I don't know if I would classify that as shadow people. That gives me like demon, like demonic vibes. Right. I hope, you know what? If there's a little shadow person and they want to like just, you know, come spritz through my kitchen a little bit, as long as they don't <laughs> got the red fiery eyes, I don't want to see none of that. Um, but <laughs> furthermore, as documentation of shadow people has become more prominent and more intense, I think just with the advancement of media, and finally we're getting to a place in society and like it's kind of, I mean, not socially normal, but more socially acceptable to delve into the paranormal. The encounters with shadow people are becoming more intense and more direct, whereas like before you would just hear about seeing something out of the corner of your eye, people are now noticing that the pattern with these types of hauntings is they're they're staying long enough for you to look at them and make eye contact with them before they disappear. Oh, yeah. So there's something going on. There's something brewing. And it literally just chills went down my spine because I have had that happen to me before <laughs> and it's not fun. Um, so with anything like this, there's always going to be like a, a skeptic's perspective. And right. this is where it starts to get really, really, really fascinating. Mm. Um, so obviously like there's the peripheral vision thing and your peripheral vision is your body's response to detecting movement it's kind of like that fight or flight thing where if you see something that shouldn't be there right you're obviously going to dart and look at it right but the thought is is that because usually when you see shadow people you're in the dark because it's like a shadow and like it goes along with darkness i mean you can see them in light but if it's dark and you're looking out of your peripheral vision um the skeptic perspective is that like your eyes are going to make something out of like I don't know like the shadow of like your coat on the wall mm. and then you're gonna look over and be like oh I thought it was a person um, but then obviously the skeptic would be like eh, just like a coat on the wall a couple of other like skeptic perspectives are the idea that like shadow people are something you experience during like sleep paralysis or if you have like sleep disorders or yeah. like you're falling asleep while still being up and you're making things out of your mind um, 
which I have a rebuttal for that, that <laughs> will leave you um, absolutely wigless. But some of the other ones are heightened emotional states, experiences with psychological and physiological trauma. Don't we all? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, but this is where, um, in my research, um, one of the authors I was reading from posed a very, very, very riveting question about shadow people um, for the skeptics, which is, so of course, like let's say you and I both experience some form of trauma, which would be the quote, cause of mm. uh, seeing shadow people, end quote. Right. Um, so even if even if we have this experience that's rooted in trauma, why are we both describing the exact same thing? Because, like, if, if I see a shadow person tonight and someone else in France that I don't know, don't even speak, like, the same language as, is, is describing the same thing as me. Mm. I mean, it's two separate, we're two separate right, individuals right, 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 right. living completely different lives. Right. But these descriptions that come in are so, like, they're so even. They're so evenly at the same playing field and everyone is describing the same thing. Yeah. So even if this is rooted in trauma, sleep disorders, then why are there so many infamous descriptions of shadow people that match? Yeah. Ugh. I mean, it just shouldn't be. Because no. everyone experiences and copes with psychological and sociological trauma in completely different ways right but this is just such a common ground right i mean there's no way around it right I mean, once i looked at that question i was like oh shit like there's no so now i can't like i can't be a skeptic anymore after right. reading that i just i don't know how to move on um anyway but obviously then our, our paranormal and occult community has created some really interesting um, compelling theories on like the origin and the meanings behind shadow people. Um, in her book on shadow people, and this is really, really interesting, there is a paranormal expert named Heidi Hollis. Mm -hmm. um, she wrote a whole book, and she is actually the person that coined the term shadow people. Mm -hmm. um, and she actually believes that shadow people are of extraterrestrial origin, which I thought was really, really Whoa. interesting. And it That's kind of, from what I gathered, is linked to the idea that these are like windows into like parallel universes. Oh. So like when you're seeing a shadow person, the idea in this situation would be like that you are looking at someone who is in the space that you're in, but like you're not in, in the same, like, but you're plane. not in the same time and yeah, the same yeah. plane. Oh. Which really deepened it for me because I'm just like a paranormal person, so I was always right. like, oh, they're just entities. But like the fact that they could be actual other beings yeah. that you're seeing living in the same space as you, but not on the same time or plane, really got wow. to my head. That is, I thought cool. that was really crazy. I like that. I've never heard that before. I did my research, which was really cool. Um, so there's the parallel universe one, extra that kind of links with extraterrestrial. But then there's also obviously the belief that like these are ghosts or demons with like actual intentions. Um, and this is where we're gonna talk about um, the most famous shadow entity, which this is the most. Well, I was looking this up, and like the most reports come in about the man wearing the suit and the top hat. No, I know. Excuse me. Um, I have not personally experienced the man in the hat um if you literally just google images shadow people the man in the hat the images are very disturbing and it's literally sent me to throwback to last episode a liminal space i was somewhere else i don't know where i was but it's insane um but this one this one i can see i can see the skeptic pers perspective on because i guess most of the time if you experience 
this shadow person, the man in the hat, mm-hmm. you're usually asleep and you're woken up by him. Mm-hmm. Which I could see being connected to sleep paralysis, but even still, right. again, why, why, is it the same why are so many people experiencing the exact same Ooh. thing? It doesn't make any sense. Like, unless... I, I can see, like, once it got famous, but the whole reason that it became famous and well-known is because, well, because people, people were just having it. Yeah, yeah. They were just having it. It just sends me over the edge. Um, but again, the man in the hat goes back to hieroglyphic times. People experiencing this, like, demon. And I guess um, the association with the man in the hat is, like, also physical, where there's, like, a pressure in your chest, and you feel more like you're being attacked. So this one is, like, more of an Malicious. intent. And I even... I was watching it because I, I got so, like, logged into this. <laughs> I was watching a video about the Shadow Man, and this guy who experiences, like the man in the hat so much now sees the man in the hat with two like guard looking people next to him and then him in the middle and he's like taller than both of them and they're like next to him just like staring at him in his sleep and i don't know how to process that i this it truly it's okay it bothers me so much because i've just never looked at it with that lens of why do so many people experience the exact same thing you really can't... I can't get behind any of the the skeptical perspectives. Because right. I, I want to. Right. Most of the time... Most of the time... You want a rational explanation. Most of, well, most of the time, I don't. Because oh. I love... I live for, like, the... <laughs> let's feel something right, right now. But in this situation, I was like... No, like, I can totally see how, like, sleep paralysis... I've never had right. sleep paralysis. But, like, sleep disorder and sleep paralysis could obviously affect... Exactly. Especially this one. But millions of people saying the same thing. Right. I really, I don't know how you can look at that that way. But, uh. um, yeah. So, but my, I, a little bit more about my experience with shadow people. Growing up, I always saw them. Um, I know, it, and another reason that, that skeptics will go after this theory is because, like, I was afraid of, like, my closet as a mm. kid. And I would, my closet door, like, wouldn't close in my childhood room. Like, it was one of those where, like, it you couldn't close yeah, it. It just right. would, like, get stuck on, like, the thing. So it was always open. Right. And my bed faced <sighs> the closet. <laughs> and every single night, like, I, to this very day, like, the way that I sleep is, like, I have my blanket. And, like, I put my blankets, like, over the side of my eyes and, right. like, in front of me so I can't see anything. Right. Because I didn't want to see the shadow. Because, right. like, every single night there would be a shadow in my closet and you would look at it and then it would be gone. And it just sent me over the edge. I don't uh, know if you've ever, like, yeah, well, I mean, okay. So I I'd... definitely have experienced shadow before. Oh, Background for me, as a kid and probably, like, older than I should have been, I had so many night terrors. And, like, not quite sleep paralysis as in, like, I would wake up and... Uh, couldn't move, but nightmares that I couldn't, like, get myself out of, even sometimes when I was aware that I was dreaming, uh-huh. but I, like, literally could not get myself awake and just had to keep on being in a nightmare. Um, I also 100% have... <laughs> I don't like talking about it. But I have seen, um, like, the man in the suit. You and I have talked about it off the air. Yeah. Um, and it has been like very much a, it was one of the first things that like, 
I that got me into beginning to believe in the occult beyond just me having a fixation it was like beginning to make me really believe not just like that's interesting I did this on purpose right (laughs) because I and I knew you would talk about it and I knew you'd respond um, but I, I have to ask you because I don't, I mean, it was like over a year ago, I think we talked about right. it or something like that. Um, did you experience them in the hat while you were awake and conscious or did you experience them when you were sleeping? I just Both. need to know. Both. Yeah. So I've seen him in dreams before. I honestly remember one specific dream where, uh, it was, this is so weird to share, but I mean, it's just what happened, but it was basically his, it was, it was his shadow, like almost painted onto the wall of like our kitchen and sort of like our, the room that sort of connects the kitchen and the garage. Mm-hmm. And, um, within the context of the dream totally didn't make sense, but he had all of my family under control oh. under like mind control. Oh, and so I could see all of their shadows like silhouetted against the wall with him. Oh my God. And they were like coming to get me it was what I remember specifically. <sighs> And then, um, in our house on the second floor, uh, to get to my room is just like a really long hallway and it's sort of open air, um, like, cause the staircase is in the main like entrance room, mm-hmm. but then it also gets closed off. And at night that closed off section, if the lights are out, is like super dark with like three turnoffs and I would always see him there and I would always see him downstairs right at the entrance to the kitchen kind of in the same spot as in the dream so you've been playing by the men in the hat for quite a while quite some time how did you feel when he was around uh it was it was always a terrible it was always a terrible experience it was like anxiety like heart pounding on my chest like pressure on my chest um like it's also sort of that thing of like when it's it's sort of like a primal thing almost like animalistic where when you see something, you want to keep your eyes on it, and you also want to look away and get away from it. Or like you want to get away from it because that's your that's your fight or flight. You want to run away, but you also it you can contain your fear as long as you like know where it is mm-hmm. and like can isolate it and mm-hmm. keep the distance. And so it was like very much I would like stare him down as I would like run up the stairs or run to hit the light to like kind of get him to go away wow i haven't thought about this in so long wow um but yeah but he, he was a hundred percent like probably the defining thing that like got me into the into the supernatural occult i was always really interested in cults and serial killers and all the stuff that i usually talk about but like this. the but ghosts yeah. like demons poltergeist that sort of stuff um I feel like definitely start with him so we have we have the shadow man to thank for our podcast yeah um <sighs> wrapping that up i just like i have to say if you have a way if if you can find a way to explain to me why this a goes back so far in history if it has like literally ancient history on shadow people and if you can find a way to explain to me how every single person has reported the exact same thing because you're not alone. Right. I mean, millions of people have come forward saying they've experienced right. exactly what you just said. Right. And I mean, I also like to 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 clarify to the to the listeners. I feel like I'm a pretty big 
skeptic. You're like, a pretty big I'm skeptic. I'm obsessed with conspiracy theories and the supernatural and the occult and cults and serial killers. But anything that requires like disbelief, like anything supernatural, I'm mostly usually just interested in because I think it's interesting, not because I like 100% believe in. Most it's of the stuff I'm just fascinated mm-hmm. by, but don't believe in. But this is definitely one of the topics where I'm like, hey, yeah, I was a kid, but like this was going into like I'm embarrassed to say, but like kind of teenage years. Like I don't know. This is one of the ones where like I would I would defend my fellow fight against my fellow skeptics because. So many people have experienced this stuff and it's so universal and it goes back to like ancient Egypt. I don't know. I just think, but I am really interested and I am definitely going to research after this on the like multiverse theory of it where we're seeing someone who's in a parallel universe Uh from ours and there's some sort of, you know, cosmic radiation way that we're seeing a a sort of figure of them Mm -hmm. because they're all occupying the same space. I hope it's that. I'd prefer if it was that. I don't, I personally don't think that. Right. I think it's something else. But anyway, <laughs> that is our chat on Shadow People. And um, I hope that that brought you up a little bit from, from children Jones dying. Um, but anywho, um, okay, I think that I have a great tap up. Please. I think that I have a really good, good idea. Um, I want to know. What do you think? What do you think the man in the hat has to say to the people that he's visiting? I want to know. Oh. I want to know what that the actual presence of him means is flagging, is saying, is delivering. Totally. That's what I want to know. That's a great one. I was thinking about Let, that. The whole time. That's let's do that and also maybe if any listeners have encountered this shadow, yeah. the man in the hat if they want to talk about that and what they think those those meetings meant, we to can them. put out. We'll put out a. We'll put out. We'll actually deliver. We'll put out a Instagram thing. Post and everything. Comment and let us know what you think if you've experienced shadow people, or let me know what you think that the shadow man, the man in the hat, is delivering he when he visits. Oh my gosh! That is the tap out question of the week, and that is our. Episode. That's a good one. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are now on. Apple Podcasts. I delivered my Yay! my my resolution. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and I think that's most. There's of a whole list. There's, There's so a lot many. Of them. We're on most podcasting platforms, and also we have just launched our Patreon. Yay! You can find us at a cult classic, the podcast on Patreon. We have just started throwing out some ideas for what. Would be some interesting offers, some live viewing of horror and sci-fi movies with me and Tyler. Oh God! <laughs> the, me forcing You'll Tyler. you love that. Me forcing Tyler to watch You'll movies. Um, some behind-the-scenes late-night Taco Bell runs. But whatever you guys would be interested in, please let us know because that page is for y'all, and we would love your support. So we'll do, we'll do whatever. And please remember the best way to support us as a small and upcoming podcast is to share us on social media. Share us with your friends. Tell everyone you know if you know someone who loves podcasts. Get them into it. We are here for it. Uh, make sure you follow all of our social media on Instagram and Facebook. We are at Occult Classic Podcast and our Twitter is at podcast underscore occult. And also please visit our anchor site. You can support us there. If you can support us financially, that would be great. Please. Um, I love coin. I'm just <laughs> kidding. We'll use it for things for the podcast. Um, but even 
And if you can't, again, share us on social media and spread the word because that is um, where we're going to get our traction. Um, Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next, next Wednesday. Bye. 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 Thank you.